Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Before we start this week's podcast, a big thank you to ELM Legal Services, who are based in Bristol and provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. You can get a standard single will for £99. If you'd like to get in touch, call them 0800 019 4557. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire. Hello, it's Michelle Owen here with Gregor McGregor, fresh from the QPR game last night. And of course, we are reflecting on the game at the weekend as well, when Bristol City lost 2-0 to Middlesbrough. And that really bad news about Corey Smith, which came out last night, we'll be discussing that in more detail as well. And we'll hear from Lee Johnson. We'll be seeing if he is in the market for more players with these injuries that Bristol City have as well. And it gives us a bit more info that he's not just in the loan market. He's looking at other options as well. More on that a little bit later on. We'll also hear from Matty Taylor after he got off the mark against QPR2. And there'll be a word from ex-Bristol City defender Aidan Flint on his return to Ashton Gate on Saturday. And he says some interesting things. So definitely worth listening out for that bit. So, Gregor, let's begin. Let's rewind to the weekend when Bristol City came up against the much-fancied Middlesbrough. A lot of people tipping them for promotion this season. They put on a good performance at Ashton Gate. Lee Johnson was was disappointed after. What did you think of Bristol City then on Saturday? Yeah, against Borough, I, I actually didn't think Bristol City were as bad as um, some supporters had made out. I know they were, it, well, it kind of felt like there was a bit of a backlash at times against um, the club and Lee Johnson during the week from some Bristol City fans who were really unhappy with the defeat last weekend. But looking back at it, I, City did dominate for large parts of that game and certainly created a lot of chances. They had some really good efforts towards the end of the game, obviously hit the woodwork twice, but not just that, it was sort of the way the ball rebounded and was picked up in good positions by Andy Wyman and I think it was Eros Pizzano and they both sort of slammed balls over across the box after City had hit the crossbar and on in other games, on other occasions, those can easily go to one of your players or spoon in off a opposition defender and go in. So I thought City were a little bit unlucky and Lee Johnson, after the game, speaking to him, he, he was a bit despondent about how his side had done. He held his hands up and he said, yeah, fair play, we were beaten by the better side. But I actually thought he was a little bit down on his team, really. And I really do think if City had been able to get that first goal... And it, and it kind of t- felt at times that they that, that was never going to happen, unfortunately. But if they had managed to get that, then I think it might have been the spark they needed, giving them the shot in the arm, got the belief, got the crowd going, and maybe they could have got something from the game. But certainly the problem with the Borough game is, that, is the pattern that, that was set out. Because once you hand a team like Borough the initiative, you give them the lead, big error from both Webster and Hunt there in that, in that goal... Um, obviously it means that then 
Middlesbrough can sit back and soak up the pressure and, and just counter. And we know that with Tony Pulis's sides that they, they like to do that, don't they? They like to sit back and uh, put in that low block and basically fend everything away. And they're very good at that, unfortunately. And uh, that's how it transpired. Okay, well, Adam Baker, of course, the former media officer of Bristol City, who is now uh, working, reporting, uh, has spoken to Aidan Flint for us. He spoke to him straight after the game. And there's some interesting comments from Aidan Flint about why he left Bristol City and what it was like to come back. So talk to me about that reception right at the start from the Bristol City fans when your name was read out. Um, Some players, when they come back, they get booed, but it was a, a standing ovation for you. Yeah, well, I'm thankful for that. I mean, I've obviously been here five years. It was a good five years for me. I love my time at Bristol City. And it's, uh, I always have a place in my heart at the so I'm, uh, I'm thankful for that. Um, but obviously, I'm a Middlesbrough player now, and that's what... Uh, we come here today to win the game, and that's what we've done. So you went round at the end as well to, to make a point to the supporters and to applaud them back? Yeah, of course. But it's obviously, they showed their appreciation for me for the game. So, obviously, you put it behind you for 90 minutes, and then uh, at the end, regardless, win, lose, or draw, they've gone round the cups anyway, because, like I said, they've been great with me. I saw when the, the first goal went in, you didn't run with all the rest of your team all celebrated. Was that a specific thing in your mind, or was it just a tactical thing you came over to the bench? No, I was on the halfway line. I had the driest mouth ever. I needed a drink, so I just got over there quick. Got a, got a little sip, but obviously the second one, I was up there for the second phase anyway, so can't just run back and not join in. How difficult is it coming back here today, going into the away dressing room, into the home dressing room and, and everything that goes around coming back to an old club? Obviously it's tough. The dressing rooms aren't really that much different to be fair both the same but uh, yeah it's, it's, it's strange coming back it's been a it's been a strange week leading up to it really um, but yeah don't have to come back and get the reception obviously pick up the win and a clean sheet Did you speak to any of the lads ahead of the game? Um, just spoke to people uh, just just normally really not really about the game that we're, we're the ball people talking about football um, no not really have you been cleared out of all the Bristol City player groups, the WhatsApp groups? Yeah, I got booted out of them all straight away. Oh, no, yeah. so you can't even keep in touch with... Do you keep in touch with, like, the, the 14, 15 lads in a different group? Yeah, there's, uh, there's me, Albie, Marlon and Waggy in a, in a little group because we've got a little fancy football uh, league going off at the minute, which I'm, which I'm absolutely stinking in. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I speak to, obviously, all the boys. Um, but it's, it's football, isn't it? You move on. You don't speak to as many boys as you, you probably like to. You speak to the co- your close friends and stuff. Just one more on, on the city to borrow. How, how big a decision was that for you in the summer? Um, obviously, it's a big decision. Um, I've been here, what, five years? And like I said, I enjoy my time here. Um, but I felt, felt it was time for me to, uh, to, pro- not, to progress my pro- career, really. Um, I'm, I'm 29 now. Um, no disrespect to Bristol City, I just thought it was a, a better, better chance and a better opportunity for me to, uh, to get promoted to the Premier League and play Premier League football. Well, that was Aidan Flint speaking to Adam Baker straight after Saturday's match where Bristol City lost, of course, 2-0 to Middlesbrough. And some interesting comments there about why he left Bristol City, but he did get a very good reception from the fans, Gregor. Now... Tuesday night was far more positive at QPR. Of course, Bristol City went there hoping to get something after QPR's dreadful performance against West Brom at the weekend when they lost 7-1. Well, Bristol City beat them 3-0. What did you make of it? Uh, It wasn't too good for City on Saturday against Middlesbrough. They they didn't really create too many big chances as classified by the official Opta statistics um, calculators. But again, and against QPR, again, they, according to XG, they didn't actually 
um, have the best chances in the game and QPR according to XG stats should have scored more goals in fact than Bristol City that, so that kind of gives some indication in, in, a, in a true reflection of the game in that basically both teams had chances last night and as it always comes down to it's who takes their chances on the day so then we come to the players and Matty Taylor was superb and it was I thought that was a brilliant first goal Some, I think one of the guys in the office said to me oh the QPR goalkeepers had an absolute shocker there but re-watching it I don't, I don't think he does I think it's just that the ball is placed so low um, in the most difficult position to reach and and hard enough to fly past him I thought it was a brilliant finish on Matty Taylor and he deserved that goal he worked really hard so that that was brilliant for him and yeah I mean Josh Brownhill set that up he also set up the third goal he was fantastic I named him as a, a man of the match in my write-up after the game and, and City certainly had several good players and and I thought the Robins kind of grew into the game they started poorly maybe the first well the first half an hour was certainly a really poor game to watch um, and I've been writing today how basically Bristol City made 150 fewer passes they completed 150 fewer passes against QPR last night than they did against Middlesbrough and that's an indication that basically the Robins went more direct last night and changed up their style of play and to some extent it worked a little bit although I'm not too convinced about that because, as I say, QPR had some great chances. Abera Eza missed a... Uh, well, had a, a decent chance. Connor Washington should have scored, really, in the first half when he cut back in the area. And um, certainly QPR should have got one when they broke towards the end of the game. And, yeah, Eza... Basically, his shot was deflected off the line by Adam Webster. So, yeah, maybe City got a bit more than they deserved last night, but at other times they haven't done. So these things kind of even themselves out over the long run, to use a cliche. Um, and, yeah, they, they'll build from there. So certainly there are positives, though. I mean, Andy Wyman, great performance, two great goals, and now joint top scorer in the league. Um one stat on him I've just been relaying online is how he completed every single pass in the final third and you, you very rarely see that it, was a, it wasn't a huge amount of passes admittedly but um, he still didn't give the ball away in the final third and he worked his socks off and he still got the two goals so he's, he's proving a brilliant capture and um, yeah fair play to Lee Johnson for that OK well straight after the game we managed to have a word with manager Lee Johnson just about the extent of the problem with Corey Smith. Listen, Corey Smith's unfortunately going to be out for five or six months with um, a problem that he's had with his knee and uh, he's had his surgery today. So that, that win was for him more than anybody because we all feel so sorry for him uh, given what a key player and key leader he is in our squad. Just to clarify on the loans, Lee, anything close at all? We've got a couple of offers in. It's not just loans. Don't forget, there's free agents as well. So uh, there's a there's a couple of offers that um, we'll have a chat with Steve Lansdowne and, and see whether um, it, it's possible to do or not. And if it is, great. If it's not, we'll nurse the ones back and uh, give it a go with that. Very interesting to hear Lee Johnson there then speak about not just the loan market, but potential free agents. So we'll come back to that in just a second. But also, we managed to grab a quick word with Matty Taylor after he got off the mark against QPR and we asked him how important that was yeah I mean any striker's drug isn't it goals so um, yeah it's what we um, thrive off and we, we just love scoring and 
no better feeling for me. <laughs> I was just going to ask Matty about um, Corey Smith because uh, Lee's just relayed the news that he's out for some five to six months. Um, huge blow, obviously, but mm. um, he said the win was dedicated for him. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we've we've um, he's gone in for his op today, hasn't he? So fingers crossed that went successfully, from what I've heard. And um, yeah, like we we did it for, mainly for him, to be honest. Um, it's a bit of a freak injury. I, I can't even remember it happening, and just remember him coming off and speaking to him afterwards. And he didn't think it was too bad, so it was a bit of. He's had a roller coaster of 24 hours, really. Um, but yeah, obviously, I'd like to dedicate that to Corey as well, and wish him a speedy recovery. So, Gregor, a lot of talk about Corey Smith. Then he's going to be a big loss, isn't he? And some interesting words there from Lee Johnson. Obviously, a, a huge blow revealed last night by Lee Johnson. We knew he was out for a long time and we, we weren't quite sure just how long, but the head coach revealed last night that he's set for five or six months out on the touchlines, which is going to rule him out until well into the new year, unfortunately. That's a huge blow, of course. The only good thing is that Josh Brownhill was absolutely brilliant last night, as I say, two assists, but in, I think only Josh Scowan made more tackles than him during the game. And he won more second balls, I believe, than anybody, Brownhill, that is, in, in the match. So plenty of positive signs there. And they'll need him, uh, along with Marlon Pack, who is outstanding as well. So, yeah, they're, they're two good positive signs for Bristol City to balance up the blow of Corey Smith. And it'll be interesting to see if Bristol City do bring in anyone to replace Corey, really, as a either a loan or free agent. They've still got, what, 10 days just less in the in the market to bring in a free agent or a loan and after the game last night Lee Johnson hinted that the well actually he, he explained that that the club have made have got a couple of offers in and he hinted that these were for free agents rather than loan signings and one guy who has been linked today is uh, James Collins formerly of West Ham he he might be one guy they want to bring in obviously centre back a physical presence at the back he's got links to Newport just down the road so there might be something in that one we're we're trying to work away at that find out if it's true or not and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they make any other late moves before the 31st of um, August as regards Swansea well they had a good result against Leeds last night thought they were going to win that one Um, I think it's going to be very tough for the Robins but then again, you never know in this league and they've got this first win and I feel that it will really add something to the team, sort of give them that impetus and confidence that they can go on and and improve further from here. Let's see if they can do that. Swansea City then this weekend, as Gregor was saying, it's a big game. Uh, sounds like there's some positivity now really around Bristol City after that you know, convincing scoreline against QPR. We'll have to see how they go on at the weekend. Myself and Gregor will be back next week on the podcast. We're both going to be down at the Liberty Stadium on Saturday to watch Bristol City take on Swansea, who have had such a good start to the season. We'll be reviewing that. Of course, Bristol City will not be in midweek action next week because they're not in the Carabao Cup. They went out in round one last week at the hands of Plymouth Argyle. Maybe that will be a positive. Maybe it will mean Bristol City are fresh for the following weekend. We'll be talking about that much more. Of course, the loan window coming to an end as well. And we'll see what business Bristol City can do with all these injuries. Thanks for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. This podcast was sponsored by ELM Legal Services based in Bristol, who provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. A standard single will is £99. You can call them on 0800 019 4557. 
Robins on the Wire.